0: listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. Hey, what is happening everybody? It's your girl Janan right here Here on TKO we talk about the most exclusive hot topics from the world of mixed martial arts Also known as MMA and maybe some other combat sports if applicable And also here on TKO we talk about issues that surround the world of fighting And sometimes we also talk about notable athletes, notable fighters, how they got started And uh, where they are now, All right. Man, it's been too long, my friends. I took two weeks off because I had to study. It was exam time. And man, I couldn't be happier to be here today. I'm just so glad to be here today. Today is my first day after my last exam. So yeah, man, I'm just... Extremely pumped up to be here today. I'm really happy. I mean, you really know that you miss your own show when you start dancing to the theme song of your own show. I mean, right now, when that TI song, that theme song was playing, I was just, you know, man, I was just going at it. I was dancing in the studio right here, man. It's just so crazy. So I'm really happy to be here today. I'm really happy to be back. And man, you know what? Even though it was exam time, but there were so many good fight cards happening, uh, you know, during that two-week interval taken from UFC to all the way To the other side of the world, to Japan, there was Ryzen, and then we had, what else? Well, mostly UFC cards, but, uh, you know, we also had boxing. I mean, I'm not really sure if we have time to talk about boxing today, but, you know, there were so many things going on, and then they definitely helped me, you know, first of all, prepare for my exams, and, you know, just, you know, have fun, take a study break, and just watch the fights, even, you know, because it's my job, you know? Like, at least I have an excuse to, you know, watch the fights, because, Hello, it's my job to break down fights for y'all. So yeah, I better get down and watch those fights. But I mean, no, seriously, they were really fun to watch. And man, there were so many controversial things happening during those fight cards that I will definitely go through today. And man, I, I, I just can't wait to start talking about those fights and breaking down those fights for you guys. We have UFC 210 to break down today, which happened in Buffalo, New York. We have Ryzen, just like I talked about, Ryzen, event number five in Japan. And we have UFC Fight Night on Fox. We have UFC Fight Night in Nashville, which happened just, I think, two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have all those things to talk about today. So, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Yes. Okay, so starting with UFC 210, Buffalo, New York. I'm going to start with the co-main event because that was the event that, you know, raised a lot of questions. And I will definitely explain why that was the case. So, for the co event, we have the New York native, Chris Weidman, fighting Gegard Musasi. We talked about Gegard Musasi on our show before. We talked about how underrated of a fighter he is, even though he has such a phenomenal record. He has about 40 wins on his professional record, you know, even though he's such a talented fighter, but not a lot of people actually Talk about him and, you know, praise him The way they really need to And Chris Weidman, just like we said, is an All-American wrestler, he's a former UFC middleweight champion And now these two guys Are fighting each other at the Coleman event at UFC 210 So the fight starts You know, the guys Both of these guys look really Focused, they just want to fight And um, especially Chris Weidman, he is you know, uh, he's not as um, aggressive as we saw him in his last fight. He's kind of taking his time, but we all know Giger Musasi. He's just so patient when he's fighting and he tries to fight extremely smart. So the first round um, passes and I would personally give this first round to Chris Weidman because he he seemed to be the guy who uh, landed most of the shots, most of the significant shots. And then the uh, uh, you know the second round starts, and um, this time this time around, I would give it to Gegard Musasi because it seemed like he actually warmed up in the in the first round and now he was just on roll. And so he seemed to be doing better in terms of striking comparing to Chris Weidman. And it kind of seemed like Chris Weidman was almost a little bit exhausted. And then so, you know, the fight was going pretty, pretty well until this moment in the second round where Chris Weidman, he was kind of, you know, bending down and uh, Gregor Musashi got Chris Weidman in a headlock and Chris Weidman figured out what Gagor Musashi was going to do to him. Gagor Musashi was going to knee Chris Weidman to the head, to the temple while he was in that position because, you know, that was the best move to go with at that moment and when Chris Weidman figured out what Gagor Musashi was going to do he immediately tried to put his hands on the ground so that by law, uh, Geyer Mousasi is unable to legally knee him in the head because actually in his last fight, Chris Wyman, he was doing so well and then just out of nowhere, out of the blue, he was knee to the head he, by a flying knee. And so this time around, Chris Wyman figures out what Gagor is going to do, and he tries to, you know, prevent him legally from doing that. And so he tries to put his hands on the ground. And just just in case you guys don't know, according to the new unified MMA rules, if you as a fighter have both of your hands on the ground, by law, your opponent isn't able to, uh, you know, knee you to the head. And if that does happen, then it's going to be an illegal knee. So Chris Weidman tried to put both of his hands, even though it was extremely hard to do that. So he tried to put the tip of his fingers on the on the canvas, on the uh, you know the canvas of Yatagon, so that uh, Giger Mousasi wasn't able to knee him. But the thing is, Giger Mousasi l- kept lifting uh, Chris Weidman from the ground, so that his hands weren't on the canvas anymore, and that he was going to he was able to knee him in the head properly. All right, but the thing is, the first time that happened, Gere Musashi almost got away with it because it definitely looked like you know, the hands were lifted off the ground. So good for Giga Mousasi. But the second time it happened, you couldn't really see from the angle that the cameras were basically filming this whole scene. You couldn't really determine whether or not Chris Widen's fingers were on the ground or off the ground. So uh, the referee, what the referee does is that he stops the fight thinking that those knees were actually illegal so he sends both of these guys to their corners and you know he decides to watch the instant replays and so after watching the instant replays we have to look at the thing from multiple angles to actually determine whether or not like where were Chris Wyman's fingers were they in air or on the ground and after looking at multiple replays, we actually figured out that Chris Wyman did not have his both of his hands on the ground. And in fact, one of his hands was lifted off the ground because Gagor Musashi actually, you know, twisted his body and just lifted him off the ground because he knew what he was doing. He, he was trying to get Chris Wyman off the ground so that his knees were actually legal. And so after watching the replays, the referee... Decides to change his mind and say, no, nope, those those things were actually legal. But the thing is, at first, when he said that those knees were illegal, he told Chris Wyman to just, you know, hey, man, take your time because it's le- illegal. So we're just going to determine what's going to happen next, right? And Chris Wyman is just doing that. He is sitting on the ground, you know. When the referee tells you that something is a case, when he's telling you that your opponent's move was illegal, then you just go with it, right? You're not trying to argue with it because in the end, hopefully, it's, you know, things are going to be for you and turn out against your opponent. But this time around, it was just so confusing because at first, Chris Wyman was told that, okay, the knee is illegal. But now, they're telling him that it's actually legal. So if it's illegal, therefore, why are you on the ground? What are you doing? Why don't you just start fighting again? But the thing is, because this is the first time that such a thing has happened in New York State. And, uh, you know, this is uh, the first time that something like this has happened and the New York State Athletic Commission has to deal with it. And because there are no protocols to deal with such a situation like this, we don't know what to do. Therefore, the referee has to declare the contest, you know, against Chris Wyman and declare Giger Mousasi the winner through TKO, even though Chris Wyman wasn't actually TKO'd. And so, as you can imagine, that is extremely controversial because Chris Wyman was basically fighting a good fight. And then that happened and he's just the loser all of a sudden. And as you can imagine, uh, Chris Wyman's corner was just extremely upset. And uh, Chris Wyman has since, uh, you know, uh, uh, filed an appeal. So that the athletic commission is, um, you know, going to change their decision and give the fight to him because this whole thing was just so confusing and controversial. But yeah, man, in the end, uh, Giger Musashi said that he is, you know, really willing to give Chris Wyman another another match, another fight, because he just wants to fight and he doesn't really care what's going to happen in the end. So yeah, let's just see what's going to happen with the, the whole Chris Wyman appeal and if if the decision does get changed and how is that going to change Giger Musashi's mind and whether or not he's willing to give Chris Wyman a rematch oh man okay moving on to the main event of the evening which is a light heavyweight championship bout between the champion daniel cormier and the number one guy in the division anthony Rumble johnson so both of these guys are looking pretty good and then so the first round starts you know anthony rommel johnson's doing what is pretty much expected of him because we said that Anthony Rumble Johnson is such a great and talented striker and you know he just has such deadly knockout power so he he starts striking with Daniel Cormier and as he is striking well some of his punches are actually landing on um, Daniel Cormier's head and uh, I'm not going to lie, Danny Cormier actually feels, or or he seems like he's feeling the power of Anthony Rumble Johnson's um, punches. But he just doesn't, you know, just stand there. He's obviously throwing some counter punches which are, I dare say, as powerful as Rumble's punches themselves and it looks like Anthony Rumble Johnson is feeling the power of DC's strikes. So after that, things are pretty interesting and almost shocking in a way because Anthony Rommel Johnson basically changed his game plan and he started wrestling with Daniel Cormier and let me tell you something man that's not something that would do no matter how great of a wrestler you are you just don't start wrestling with an Olympic level wrestler it's just not the best thing to do it's not the smartest thing to do and so he starts wrestling with Daniel Cormier, and obviously Daniel Cormier knows how to how to basically you know defend the takedowns and uh, just work with them and just uh, you know scramble with them on the ground. And so the first round ends. The second round starts. The same thing happens. The b- both of these guys are wrestling with one another, and it's not the best thing for Anthony Rumble Johnson. If he continues to do this, he's definitely not winning by decision. And then. Out of nowhere, again, we're on the ground and Danny Cormier just submits Anthony Rumble Johnson. And it is all over. And still, we have Danny Cormier as the light heavyweight champion of the world. Anthony Rumble Johnson looks like he's really upset with himself. He just doesn't look the same, almost. And in his post-fight interview, he says that he's retiring. Anthony Rumble Johnson retired that night after fighting his fight with Daniel Cormier and it was just so you know heartbreaking because he's just such a great fighter and we need to see more of him even though he's shown how deadly of a striker he is but we still need to see more of him but he's just saying that he wants to do something else in life and I mean good for him man like best of luck to him and there are some rumors that he's going to play football for the LA Rams but I mean I'm not really sure if that's true but again, I mean, what a pity that he's just, you know, retiring from the sport because it's just such a talented fighter. And we wanted to see more of him. But unfortunately, that's not going to be the case anymore. But best love luck to him and good job to Daniel Cormier for you know, putting on such a performance of a lifetime because everybody thought that Danny Cormier was going to lose uh, considering the fact that Anthony Rumble Johnson was going to strike with him. But Danny Cormier actually showed that he's got a really tough chin and that he's able to absorb and you know, the most powerful punches in the world and still not drop, drop down cold to the canvas. So, you know, good for him, man. Shout out to DC. Shout out to Rumble Johnson. Best of luck to both of these guys. Uh, and it's pretty interesting to see what's going to happen in the future in the light division because uh, we have uh, John Jones, the former champion, who is actually undefeated in the octagon. Uh, And, you know, the only reason that he was stripped of his title was because of the issues that he was having outside the octagon with his personal life and, you know, um, substance abuse and uh, such things like that. But he he's actually never been defeated in the octagon, and he's got a, <laughs> a great history uh, with Daniel Cormier. The beef just goes way way back, and the two actually fought before in John Jones won, And it's pretty interesting interesting to see if the fight between if the rematch between Daniel Cormier and John Jones does happen, then what's going to happen in that rematch? So things are going to be pretty interesting. So John Jones's um, suspension is going to be up in july and we're not really sure if he's going to fight daniel cormier first thing that he gets back to the octagon maybe he wants a warm-up a warm-up fight with one of the other um you know contenders in the light heavyweight division or maybe he wants to move up to heavyweight in the ufc but it's pretty interesting i mean I'm pretty sure all the fans want to see the rematch between Danny Cormier and Jon Jones. And let's just hope that that fight does happen. But we're not really sure if it's going to happen. But let's just hope it happens. Okay. All right, man. (laughs) So that's it for UFC 210. I think it'll be proper to take a quick break right now. And after the break, I'm going to go through... Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about Ryzen because the, the Ryzen event was pretty fun. I'm going to r- talk about Ryzen. I'm going to talk about UFC, uh, the two of the UFC finance that happened over the past two weekends. I'm going to be talking about those. So stay tuned. Do not go anywhere. We have more exciting things coming up. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yo, 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 what's happening? This is TKO on CFRU Radio. This is the show on which we all talk about mixed martial arts, combat sports, anything combat sports related is being talked about right here on TKO. So the song that you're hearing right now is called Moment by Young Money, and this, this song specifically is featuring Lil Wayne, but this is obviously the instrumental version of the song because I couldn't find the clean version, and man, this is a song that Anthony Rommel Johnson, the great Anthony Rumble Johnson, who retired at UFC 210, usually walks out to. Uh, Into the octagon or should I say used to walk out to oh no (laughs) That's pretty sad, but this is a pretty dope song and let me tell you something when the exams were happening I would play this song over and over again because I think the lyrics are pretty inspiring and motivational So if you have time just you know search this song over the internet and listen to the actual uh, song with the lyrics on But yeah, so there you have it before the break we said that we we're going to talk about Ryzen and the UFC Fight Night cards. So, I'm going to get started with Ryzen. I'm going to talk about one of the fights. I mean, the the only fight that was pretty interesting on the Ryzen card. And that was the fight between Mir Ali Akbari, the Iranian beast, fighting the Brazilian beast, Jeronimo dos Santos. Okay, this fight is... Is an open-weight fight, and uh, both of these guys are pretty much heavyweights, but Jeronimo Dos Santos was, you know, almost heavier than Ali Bari by almost, like, 50 pounds, so it was pretty interesting to see <sighs> that fight because both of these guys, just like I said, are beasts, and I am pretty sure we talked about this before on TKO, but Amir uh, Ali Iqbari is a um is a world champion in greco-roman wrestling and he's from iran so as you can imagine he's just such a deadly wrestler and you definitely don't want to wrestle with him man and no matter how heavy you are he's definitely gonna you know like just suplex you and throw you to the ground because that's just what he does and um journey santos is just so deadly when it strikes. And you know. He's one of those heavyweights that is. You know all muscle. No fat. All muscle. And he's almost like 300 pounds. So this fight actually happened between. Ali Bari and Jeremy dos Santos. So the fight starts. Jeremy dos Santos wants to land a few punches. On Ali Bari. But Alik Bari isn't letting him. And he. Alik Bari takes down, Jeremy dos Santos, and you know, you know how much of a powerful beast Alec Bari is because he's taking down almost three hundred pounds of weight, and that is just—I mean, not everybody can do that, right? And then he, when he takes down Jeremy dos Santos, he's just grounding and pounding him. He is not letting Jeremy dos Santos to get back up, and it's just. so So interesting to see that Because you know We have so many Uh, MMA fighters who are, you know, great jiu-jitsu practitioners and good strikers, but we don't have a lot of people who are, you know, specifically trained in Greco-Roman wrestling and, you know, they don't really use that whole suplex, you know, uh, mechanism to, uh, you know, dominate their fights and dominate over their opponents. So as you can imagine, you have to be extremely skilled and powerful at the same time to be able to you know perform uh, perform like that and use your greco-roman skills because uh, greco-roman wrestling takes a lot of energy out of you and unless you have it in you I would say don't try it, especially in an MMA fight. But, man, Amir Ali Akbari is one of a kind. And I'm just—I'm not just saying that because he's, he's Iranian and he's a great wrestler and that, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of wrestling and grappling. I'm just saying that because everybody needs to watch out for Ali Khbari Man, he is such a huge star already in Japan, even though he's just had a few professional fights. But he is on his way to the top and hopefully uh you know some of the american uh mma organizations like bellator or the ufc actually sees this guy and you know uh, you know acknowledges his talent and Man, they just need to have a contract with Amir Aliqbari because we don't really have anybody else like him. He's just one of a kind and he's just so unique at what he does. So, yeah, man, if you're listening to this, Scott Coker, the president of Bellator. If you're listening to this, Dana White, president of the UFC. If you're listening to this, please sign Bari. You would not regret it, man. All right. So there you have that. Oh, man, we're almost out of time. I better get, you know, oh, man. I don't think we're we're going to talk about the fight card that happened in Nashville, the UFC Nashville card. But I'm going to talk about uh, UFC on Fox. And I'm going to get started with the fight between Jacare Sosa, one of my all-time favorite fighters, uh, fighting uh, Robert Whitaker from Australia. And, you know, I'm kind of biased towards Jacare Sosa because he is just such a Greek grappler and he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And, okay, there's a reason why they call him Jacare, which means alligator in Portuguese, uh, you know, because when he gets you in a headlock or, you know, when he gets you in a submission position, there is no way in the entire world that you're going to get out of that. You're definitely going to get choked out unconscious, Okay. Like, you better tap out first, I mean, really quickly, because otherwise you're going to get choked out. And so this fight between Jacare Sosa and Whitaker, oh man, it was just so interesting to see because, uh, you know, everybody was reading for Jacare because Jacare is just so deadly, but Robert Whittaker man, his striking is just one of a kind in the middleweight division, and he was just going at Jacare, and you know, no matter how quick Jacare was trying to, you know, back up Robert Whittaker would just come at him and it was just, he, he delivered so much speed and power and, you know, a lot of volume and, you know, man, he just did his thing and he kept he kept punching Jacare in the head, and he knocked out Jacare sosa man i'm telling you robert whittaker only he is only 26 years old from australia this dude everybody needs to watch out for him he is going to be the future champion michael bisping the current uh, middleweight champion at the ufc needs to watch out for this guy because he is coming for that belt man all right quickly moving on to the next fight we have a fight between rose nama Eunice featuring michelle watterson the ladies had it going on, man. This this weight bout was pretty interesting to watch because Rose Yunus, she demonstrated so much skill and she pretty much outsmarted uh, 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 Michelle Waterson and it was pretty interesting to see because uh, you know she kept you know just tagging Michelle Waterson. Almost felt like Michelle Waterson almost gave up because Rose Nami just was just so much more skilled or, or at least she looked like she was much more skilled and so in the end she submitted Michelle Waterson and it was just so. Interesting to watch that fight. And Rose Namajunas as well is coming for that belt. For that strawweight belt. So, your Jerjak, you better watch out for Rose. Oh, yeah. And I think this is the last fight that I'm going to talk about today. Unfortunately, can talk about other fights. But this fight is um, the flyweight championship bout between um, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson and Wilson Hayes. And, okay, this fight starts. Mighty Mouse Johnson is one of a kind before this everybody was you know people were kind of divided on the fact that whether or not mighty mouse johnson is the number one pound for pound and fighter of all time because they were saying oh you know he's just so tiny and of course he de- he delivers so much speed and power but in this fight mighty mouse johnson showed that he is a fantastic striker he's a fantastic wrestler and his jiu-jitsu is just out of this world. And he, you know, when, you, when you're talking about MMA, mixed martial arts, you have to be, uh, you know, you have you almost have to have mastered all martial arts skills. And Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is definitely the guy to be talking about because he has indeed mastered his jiu-jitsu skills, his boxing skills, his, you know, kickboxing skills, everything he is the best in everything and as you can imagine he definitely dominated over Wilson Hayes who is a black belt in jiu-jitsu himself and he armbarred him can you imagine how how smart you have to be in your fight because nowadays no one really uh, you know armbars the other guy because everybody can it's really predictable but the way that Mighty Mouse went around in this fight and you know confused Wilson Hayes he armboard the guy who has a black belt in jujitsu, And it was just so great to watch. And man, shout out to Dimitri Matemaz-Johnson because he is just so good at what he does. And, you know, you know, kudos to him. For sure, for sure, he is the best pound-for-pound fighter at the moment in the entire sport. And that's all I have to say about that today. And unfortunately, that's all the time we're going to have for today, my my friends. Oh, man. So make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our show. And until next time, I'm your girl, Janon. And this is TKO. Peace out.